Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is A Lot To Learn with Austin Rogers. For the guy who knows everything, he's still got a lot to learn. Without further ado, here's Austin. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. I have no idea what time it is because this is a podcast. The, today's going to be a really exciting one because we have something we've never done yet. We're going into the realm of food with Killichand and Carp. Judy Killichand and Karen Carp, who have just started an amazing culinary expeditionary force, as, for, as far as I could put it. Tell us a little bit about your company, Killichand and Carp, uh, and how it explores the culinary world of India specifically. Well, Austin, as um, I have had a very long history with India, this is Judy Kilachand speaking, the Kilachand of Kilachand and Carp. And, um, you know, as they say, I married an Indian, which introduced me to the country. I divorced the man, but I seem to have married the country. <laughs> so um, I have um, a 40-year history with India, have been uh, traveling there, working there, um, living there, eating there, exploring there. Um, and um, after I left the Asia Society, which had exposed me to India as well and other countries, I um, have been doing uh, some consultancy and came upon um, test kitchens that had opened up in India and explosions of restaurants that had opened up in India over the last five years and was just um, amazed at the uh, flow of food um, revolution that was happening in India as it has been happening in other parts of the world. And I quickly grabbed Karen Karp, who was my fellow uh, Gastro Voyager and um, <laughs> like fellow companion, former colleague uh, from Asia Society and dear friend. And we had already had a lot of experience doing uh, food programming and cultural exchange at the Asia Society. And Kilachand and Carp is an offshoot of what we had personally and professionally experienced at Asia Society and through our own personal experiences in life, and is a cultural, historical, culinary um, uh, tour company that will um, give individuals a really unique, high-touch experience, authentic experience of India and other countries in Asia. Karen. Um, Austin, thanks for having us. This is, this is really fun. And I, I just wanted to add to what Judy was saying that um, for me personally, I have been Traveling the world, I guess, you know, I have immense wanderlust, and I am definitely a um, in-the-books gastro voyager, as, as Judy said. I've uh, been traveling all over the world, living abroad, and um, 
<clears throat> cooking as well, eating, cooking, etc. And, you know, there's nothing like trying to start a business where you can't find an offering. So, Well, that's, that's what an entrepreneur does. Why don't we have this? Why does this not well, exist? The, we should make it. Well, I think, you know, even though we live in a very interconnected global world, I believe that on this on this side of the ocean, the world is still very Western-centric. And so cultural, culinary, food, immersive food trips have really been um, focused on places like France and Italy, which, frankly, I mean, I understand why. So if you wanted to do a... A, a really in-depth experience of culinary traditions um, as par- as a trip. You would usually find a lot of offerings in France and, and Italy. Uh, today, there are a lot more offerings culinary-wise, and there's certainly um, a large way to access them through the Internet, day trips, market trips, things like that. But in Asia, we really couldn't find anything that was satisfying our needs for doing a deep dive into food culture. What uh, so so you are you want to explore? What are your needs? What 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 do you what do you what did you desire that the world was lacking that Kilichin and Carp fulfills? Well, I, go ahead. Um, I I really feel well. We're starting with India because Judy has immense connections, networks, both broad and deep there, and because India is as a country, offers an enormous diversity of culinary traditions. It's not just Indian food. <laughs> you well, know? I mean, what's Indian food? Yeah, no, ex- saying, exactly. You know, what's Asian well, food? I let's, mean, think of, let's think of our audience or, right here and right. think of the typical person who, like, hey, do you want to well, order Indian? It's, and we, th- are, we are in the anti-CTM group, which is, CTM stands for Chicken Tikka Masala. Not, <laughs> not, not to denigrate the lovely taste of CTM, but it is not all of what Indian food is. Now, there are um, many, I mean, there are increasing more sophisticated eaters and, and consumers of Indian cuisines in the United States and elsewhere. I mean, that you, you probably have a greater tradition of that in the UK, where there's been a longer, uh, you know, been centuries of interaction between India and, and the Brits, but um, for good and bad. So I'm... Oh, you could say that. Say no, that, oh, but. you could definitely say that. It, it is it is a historical documented fact. <laughs> right, right. Well, I'm I'm trying to be apolitical in this highly politicized world. There we go. <laughs> so I try my best and pretty much fail all the time. <laughs> it's hard not to be. Um, but uh, Judy, do you want to add to what I'm saying? I'm rambling here. I've oh, ramble away, please. Ramb- we we enjoy rambling. Remind me, Austin, where do you want me to start back again? Um, I want to start. What what <laughs> what are what we did, offering? What, did, what, what no? We, what, what did we, no? What did you want? What did, what did want? you want? And the market we, did not have. We we wanted. Well, first of all, there were virtually no. When we were looking at starting this business, there were virtually no culinary, culinary focused trips in India or to India that we thought. Uh, would help assuage some of people's fears of, you know, going to India and eating a lot of food. I think. Yeah, that, talk to that. We felt that Indian food is a is pretty much unknown here in the United States in the way that it is known in India. They're Misunderstood, yes, right? Under leveraged. Right. Many, there are wonderful restaurants here, and many of them offer a variety of foods, but the regional 
Indian cuisine that's available, the authentic local cuisines that are available in India just don't exist here. And they're immensely diverse. Immensely diverse. Block to block. Right. You know, one thing I just want to, you know, take it back to this country for a second. If you can imagine... USA. Okay, no, wait, wait. No, I know I'm I'm American. (laughs) (laughs) Are we Americans, though? I think we're New Yorkers. Well, yes. Definitely New Yorker, but I was born in Savannah, Georgia, so I actually come from a regional part of the United States. And so mm. when I talk about this, imagine yourself. And I said Southern food. What's right. Southern food, you know? Fried chicken. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh. <laughs> Okra. Oh, no, barbecue. Co- oh, no. Be no, careful no, no, what barbecue. barbecue is exactly everywhere. everywhere. Yep. Just like biryani is, is different, different everywhere. everywhere in India. Awesome. Great, great analogy because our Southern listeners will be like, oh, no, I am not Carolina barbecue. I am Kansas City barbecue. This is totally right. different don't, stuff. And, and don't ever, I never eat barbecue in New York City because, like, why do that? I eat it in Savannah. And don't assume. That biryani in Bombay is the same as biryani in Hyderabad, or even a seafood biryani in Goa. Right. It's like when and you go. And don't out- say one curry is like all curries. Well, all curries are the same. It is not true. It's like when you go out to Brighton Beach. And I had an epiphany. I went out to Brighton Beach once, uh, and I ordered uh, what did I order? Halupki. Uh, stuffed cabbage. Well, it turns out that the halupki I thought I was ordering was actually a Ukrainian word, and the Russian halupki, which is the same word, is com- a completely different thing. And uh, um, what, what do we call the what do we call the little potato ones? Pierogi. Oh. Pierogi. Pierogi right. is a Polish word, but in 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 Russian, it's Pierogi. It's no, I believe oh. it's Veselka. Veselka or oh yeah. So Judy speaks Russian, so ask her. <laughs> Russian Indian. What can't you do? <laughs> I'm still working on my Hindi. <laughs> there we go. There we go. But she um, does. But, yeah, but Judy uh, does speak Hindi. So I, I wanna I wanna ask anyone out there how many travel operators going to India from the United States who are not Indian actually speak Hindi. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And and when you said like Italy and France, uh, you touched upon it. By the way, congratulations on the Vogue article. Thank you so uh, much. Kilitian Carp was recently featured in an article on Vogue. Uh, we'll put the link in the description so you could go blah 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 and read that. Uh, but yeah, you touched upon, I, I think of food tours as Mario Perillo's Italy. Do you remember those oh, commercials? I remember that. Right, yes, right, right. Yes, yes. Like, 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 and well, it's, it's all the, it's all the, uh, you know, the, the second generations and they're all like, we're going to go, we're going to go on Mario Perillo's food tour in through Italy. And I'm like, I don't want to be on a bus with those people. Well, I, I think, yeah. Oh, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, you guys could. Hey, you guys, you guys are business partners. You guys sort out who talks. Well, I, w- I was wanted to to say something in response to that, which is that first of all, uh, our trips are are meant to be small, intimate, mm-hmm. limited to no more than 15 people per trip. Okay. We are bringing people inside test kitchens to do culinary, um, to actually cook with the experts, with the chefs, chef-led, ingredient-led meals. We are bringing people to private homes to have really interesting discussions, not just with people who are directly in the food business, but because of Judy's connections, certainly in India, we are bringing them into homes to meet the who's who of wherever we are to talk about 
anything related to food, politics, society, art, and, and culture. And to eat their wonderful food, home-cooked food, in those people's homes. Right. We're going to take people on very special market tours. Uh, of course, you can do market tours whenever you want, but can you really do them where you really understand what you're looking at and understand the context in which the food has been grown, distributed, and then uh, used you know, throughout the city? And where you're walking around with a total expert and um, a leader who is a, is a local and knows the city, country, locale like the back of his hand. So, yeah. We also, what I wanted to add is we also, uh, when we were looking at doing these trips, we had many conversations with acclaimed restaurateurs and chefs here in the U.S., particularly in the New York area. And while, you know, many of them are extremely well-known and have big followings and very successful restaurants and wonderful reputations, many of them had never been to India and had said, oh my gosh, I've always wanted to go to India let me know when this is happening because that would be really amazing. And so we're we're targeting some very, very special chefs to come along. And also, Austin, I wanted to add that I'm the daughter of a restaurateur. I don't know if I ever confessed no, that to you. No, no. Yes, I, my father was Cookie of Cookie's Steak Pubs and Cookie's Restaurants, uh-huh. which started in Brooklyn. No way. Way, way. And uh, Cookie was one of the first restaurateurs to have his own TV commercial in the 70s. Huh. You see that steak? I picked that steak. That's a direct quote from Cookie, the man, the restaurateur. Anyway, the fact that these restaurateurs... No way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could. the only way you could have blown my mind is if your last name was Carvel. <laughs> No, no, no. But um, Cookie was a force, and um, I actually worked for him for a year uh, in between jobs. I was a supervisor in four of his last restaurants doing a reverse commute. And these, you know, were, this was an experience, but food is in my blood. We, my sisters and I, we grew up with food. We... You know, you a restaurateur as a father is gone twenty four seven, and yep. uh, you know it's it's an experience. But the fact that we were able to meet restaurateurs and chefs here who had never experienced India or really got to know Indian food was important to us because we want to make this trip available to them. We also heard that many of them had been to Japan. So Japan seems to be, you know, a popular country, obviously, for chefs. Many of the Indian chefs have also been to Japan. Well, that's an interesting cross-pollination there. I mean, because I... Well, Well, because Japan is really considered, from a food point of view, the epitome of what ingredient-led, fine refined food is. So right. it's 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 sort of a mecca. I mean Japan is really the mecca. It's not just uh, Copenhagen. This is this is actually this is actually perfect. It it just got me thinking. Okay. So, we've got we're going to go in broad paintbrushes right here, but we've got, you know, the the Japanese meticulousness, right? And we've got this, I want you to dispel some myths. We've got this uh we've got this uh, inherent oh Indian food. It's just, you know, a sea of gravies and stews and browns and rices. Please tell us what real Indian food is. Well, I was going to use a synonym, a synonym Austin. Oh, okay. you could use cinnamon on your synonym. <laughs> 
Cinnamon there is awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> no, you're describing what's a mess, and you're describing exactly. So tell me, yes. tell tell us, tell us. Let's well, let's just backtrack for yeah. a second and talk about the broad stroke because one of the myths and the misperceptions that we Please. want to overcome with our trip and our immersive culinary and cultural experiences is that India is um, is not just a messy place. There is order within the chaos. India is pers- India is a challenge for people here, and that is the most challenging aspect. Well, because India is not a unified block. No, it isn't. It is. It is a incredibly diverse. You know, one hundred twenty. I'm making up numbers, but one hundred twenty different languages, eighteen different religions. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm making them up. I'm making them up. I mean, please clarify. Google Google this. You go Google it and figure out what it is. But you, you, you're the one listening to it. You you could go Google it, but uh, you, we, we have to emphasize that India is just as large and diverse and culturally diverse as the United States. Oh, even more, more so. so. More so. Much more Yeah, much so. more so. I mean, the United States is tiny and minuscule in its diversity from, compared to India. Right. From wait, a ling- are from you a saying, are you from saying, a are you saying we're 87.4% white? <laughs> are you? I don't know. No, well, not quite, but we're... I think, um, I think it's 84.5%. But <laughs> Really? Yes. America's almost completely white. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what channel you're watching. <laughs> I could tell you, but Milan and I... <laughs> Uh, oh, that was good. No, 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 it isn't good because longtime <laughs> listeners of this program hear that impression every show and I have to Uh-oh. get yelled at to stop doing it. Um, yeah, explain the diversity and, and that India is not a unified block and then get on to how Indian food is not what, we're just, what we think of. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Well, India, Judy's the India expert, but I, certainly overall, I mean, linguistically, it, it is far different from this country. Um, we primarily speak English here. There are people who speak other languages, but for the most part, the business language here is English. And in every region in India, the languages can change dramatically. Uh, though Hindi is widely used, it is not necessarily the local language any you know just anywhere. Uh, what we want what we want to bring people to is is you know when when people go to India, when tourists go to India for the first time, they tend to go to the north of India. They tend to 
right. to Delhi first because yeah. you have easy access to Agra, the Taj Mahal, yeah. and then, and then Mumbai, Rajasthan. Rajasthan. And Rajasthan right. for the which forts, is, and then right, Mumbai is, for the city. And well, Mumbai is usually not on the really? regular tourist. Really? Mumbai it's is just a that, It's just city. a little loop up there in the north? Yes. No, Mumbai is actually... No, 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 oh, no, no yes, not yes, Mumbai. Yes, not yes, Mumbai. Yes, it's just yes, a little... Yes. I know I know my geography, ladies. No, 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 no. Well, the truth is, you know, many people don't realize Please Google. Please Google a map of India right now. <laughs> right, right. Mumbai's down there on the coast. It's down there at the the at third base. It's on. It's on. The, yeah, it's on third. It's third exactly base. on third base. <laughs> Delhi's at second. Kolkata's at first, and then and Kashmir it, is in the outfield. Yeah, Kashmir is in the outfield. Also geopolitically, because that's a disputed territory. <laughs> Never getting to get listeners in India. Calcutta Cal- is uh, maybe you know. What is that considered? Right field? Uh, or left field? It's, it's more right? first base, yeah. right? Calcutta? No, that's yeah. Chennai. That's Chennai. Oh, Madras. is that? Okay. A little bit more. But anyway, it doesn't yeah. matter. Uh, Kerala is, you know, home base. And Kerala is probably number two on the most popular destination for mm-hmm. people, for tourists traveling to India. Right, because it's the, the coastal villages, right? Well, there are a lot of coasts in India, as we know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's or it's much, the typical. It's uh, a very beautiful, very distinctive, uh, very well-known tourist destination uh, within India. Um, probably one of the highest per capita uh, states, I believe, and in India. And most literate state. And it's a matriarchal society, so... There. I would like that in a certain country I can think of right now. We, ag- we agree. Yeah. Wouldn't, right. wouldn't that be Hashtag nice if... it's time. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be nice if, you know, say like uh, women were choosing instead of elderly white men? There we go. I did it again. Stop yes. being political. Well, let's, all right. Yes. We'll go, we'll go back. So, so what we wanted to do was highlight some of the uh, destinations that weren't just, you know, top for culinary adventures and for our connections, but also that weren't necessarily on the typical tourist route to India and or that, within India. And that had offerings that were incredibly uh, plentiful that would uh, intrigue anyone coming from outside the country. Right. I, I mean, I, I would love to go to a place with an insider track and not... You hear, you hear of places like, okay... Uh, I'm going to go to Cancun because I've heard of Cancun, but you're not going to go to Zihuatanejo on the other side of Mexico because you haven't heard of Zihuatanejo unless you saw the Shawshank Redemption. Um, or the, I would, or the song. I would prefer uh, yes. Or are you playing Jeopardy? I guess. <laughs> or me playing Jeopardy? I would. I would prefer to go to Zihuatanejo rather than Cancun. I'd prefer to be on the streets in the villages with the people, but that's got to be a little intimidating. So who's who's the kind of people who will who will go along on uh, Kilachan and Carp tours? Well, our tours are very carefully considered and curated, and we will only work with the best people in terms of logistics on the ground. You know who else only works with the best, the best. people? <laughs> oh, please, Austin. No, we have vetted every single route and destination and place that we are taking people to. We know more or less how long it takes to get there and Believe me, that's not so easy. Google Map does not always account for traffic in Mumbai. Right. So, um, you know, we, we actually, we know that the people who, want, who we want to come with us do not want to deal with the hassles. And there are hassles of being in India, let's be honest. 
So we're removing those obstacles and making it easy for people who have not been to India before. But our our guests are probably going to be some people who have been to India but now want to go back and explore it in this intimate way, in this immersive way. We're also welcoming chefs, culinary students, um, home cooks here who want to learn more about Indian I mean, cuisine. it sounds like you're creating a, a traveling salon. You know, you want to foster the conversation and that's exactly what this is and we are very fond of that um, you're welcome thank you you're welcome we're gonna use that in our advertising now in in fact actually uh we were very inspired by what we did at the asia society both of us worked there uh, for quite a long time we yes so did i tell me about it i know i don't know how many years was your how many years total for you 10 Okay, uh, I was there ten. Julie I was, was there, there eighteen. 18. Yeah. So we all have a. Total of full disclosure. Full disclosure. We are all former colleagues, although in completely different disciplines, and uh, but but we interacted. But we did interact. We, and we, we no, we all interacted, but we were all in completely different disciplines. No, nobody worked for anyone here. Exactly. No one owes anyone a favor. No, 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 no. In, in no. fact, we all hated each other. Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. There was it was scorched earth policy most of the time. <laughs> so, so no, but I was going to say is the Asian Society, as you remember, takes a very multidisciplinary, cross cultural approach right. to. Um, learning, education, interaction, and and, and Judy I led, led these us, study missions exactly right, study missions with all kinds of high level people in politics and business uh, to different places in in Asia around a table, both for discussion and for eating and for learning from other people. Uh, so we we wanted to kind of channel that the best of what we learned from the Asia Society in terms of how we learned it from different disciplines, right? And and bring that into our day to day interactions right. on so our trip. It's not without, food without making it totally serious. It's not it's food going to because be food is culture. It's you know? really right. learning and access to culture through food. food. That's and that, what a great entryway yes. into right. a culture, so, right? And geographic influences, yep. historical right. influences, History, everything. And I want to make sure that everyone knows that, like any trip, we're not, you know, we're busy. We're going to be active. So if you want, like, a beach vacation, it's probably not for you. Right. However, we will always provide time, downtime, and options for people to access the amazing things to do in India, like shop. Or go to a <laughs> gallery. Go to but, a gallery uh, but our or trip is also short. It's right. eight days. And we purposefully did that because people are busy. And we know there's a long flight to get to India, but people um, can attach a pre or a post trip and do the normal Taj Mahal visit or go south after they have a week-long experience with us. So let's walk through one. I'm, I, I and my significant other, you know, have never been to India and, or, you know, I've been to India once on a business trip or something like that, but now I got to scratch the itch. Let's go through a full itinerary. What are people going to see? What are they going to experience? Street talker and then oh well there are a couple of different options that we've that yeah, we've just give me offered um, well the the first day uh, you're going to be probably raring to go because you will have r- arrived the night before and you will have been exhausted from your plane ride so you we all meet down in the lobby in in the in the break in the um, restaurant of the Taj Hotel in Bombay in mm-hmm. Mumbai. 
and we uh, meet our special guest chef, which we can't announce yet, but we will soon. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we head off. But we're meeting in the iconic Shamiana, which it has a history of its own in the Taj Mahal Hotel. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and also, I want everybody to know that the Taj Mahal Hotel is a iconic place. The Tatas built the hotel for Indians when the Indian populations were not allowed in the British hotels in in India. So, really, so, yes, so it's already over you've got a hundred years old. So already you've got a cultural context that <laughs> right, that right. the and typical guest would not experience. That, that's right, and and we um, will then head out on an architectural heritage tour of Mumbai because Mumbai does have uh, some great, great buildings from um, the time of the British colonial uh, rule, uh, as well as um, the largest number of Art Deco buildings outside of Miami. Really? Yes, Yes. really. Really? Really? No way. Way. Yes, sir, way. (laughs) So, like, really? Art Deco. (laughs) Yes. Um, How did Art Deco end up in Mumbai? Um, is it probably the influence of the British who built the many of those buildings? But I think of Art Deco as as an American architectural form. No, it actually came from Europe. I did it. Okay, mm. like what is it? A spinoff of Bauhaus? Because you've got sort of yeah. a similar sort of ethos with you know the linearity and like the streamlined and the the silver accents and stuff like that, and like the feeling of an industry and speed. Uh, the, the Art Deco of Mumbai, and I am by no means an architectural history expert here, so don't you know? I, I suggest you you check your facts on Google. Is uh, more embedded in a um, a sort of modernist Art Deco style. It's not from the twenties. It's later, and it's Indian. It's Indian built mostly, but I'm not sure where the original buildings were and first it's, built. It's as if you took. Um, a sort of basic modernism that you find, uh, particularly in in coastal areas of um, of a, a co- you know a, a colonial uh, outpost, right? Because we're, still, Kong, we're still in, we're still in we're still an imperial we're still in an imperial you know yeah. right, Britain, right? Right. So you 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 take a sort of the modernist traditions and then you add some deco- decoration to them, and. Um, very often there are balconies. Uh, many of the Art Deco buildings line the seashore. And Green Drive in particular. I'm, I'm, Many I'm curvatures. Pi- actually, I'm, there's. I'm picturing it right now. Actually, there's a um, a road called uh, Marine Drive, which is also known as the Queen's Necklace, uh-huh. uh, where which is on the bay, and it's beautiful. It's a very uh, well-known road, and it's almost like the FDR of New York because it runs along the river. Right. But that's where you find many of the buildings and other places, but it's really um, a very special architecture that Bombay is known for. No way. Right. All right, I'm sold. All right, so, that concludes so, the so, podcast because we're just going right now. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, well, so what I was going to say is after our tour, and we want people to get a sense, it's very hard in a, in a city as large as Mumbai of 20 million inhabitants, although it's it's originally just a seven-island uh uh, city. I mean, it's seven islands put together. So the, the territory is not large, but it's very crowded. Uh, it, it's hard to get a sense for the whole city, but we want to give our um, our group a sense for what we call Sobo on that first morning, which is South Bombay. Uh-huh. 
and South Bombay is where you'll find most of these extraordinary buildings. Um, everything from a neo-Gothic style, like the, the train station, which I won't even begin to pronounce. Judy can do that. The name. I can only say it in English. Uh-huh. Station. <laughs> <laughs> the Hindi uh, name is even right. challenging. How, how, but to, to the Sassoon Library, uh, it, uh, Mumbai is... is um, a hodgepodge and a collection of many different cultures pulled together, whether they were, you know, Portuguese. Parsi, Portuguese, British, Hindi, Gujarati, etc. So um, then at, at that, at a certain point, we will head into the hustle and bustle of that area in and go to lunch at probably one of, I mean, for me, at least, it was the best meal I had in India. It's a working man's canteen of Gujarati Tali and it's called Sritakar Bojanale, and it is truly a fabulous meal that you will never forget, and it is just as basic and as beautiful as it gets. Tell everyone what a tali dish is. A tali is a large plate, and on it you have small katoris or smaller little bowls that have a taste of dal, vegetables, um, curries, a different... Uh, parts of the typical Gujarati meal. Breads are served on it, uh, doklo or little um, cakes, uh, chutneys, everything is served on this tali. And, um, in its own little individual bowls. In their own it's little a big plate bowls. with individual right. bowls it's of like, everything small. It's like a food mandala. Yeah. Right. Google mandala, you're going to have to. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I feel like I'm talking down to people. You probably know what a mandala is. But this is a a typical Gujarati, uh, food from Gujarat, which is the state above Maharashtra, where Mumbai is, the Mm -hmm. capital. And um, it is just a... Vegetarian. Totally vegetarian. It's just a a treat for the... um, for the human being to eat for this. For the f- eyes, <laughs> for the the mouth, for the nose. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful, fun, low-key uh, experience, um, which is really unforgettable. It's just delicious. And we're going to have, along with us, one of India's most well-known food bloggers and journalists to uh, give us a, an introduction to Indian food and also to the experience of this particular restaurant. And this is just day one. This is well, just, that's just morning one. Oh my god! Well, no, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil the rest of the trip for every <laughs> for everyone. Um, and then, then you move into the country. Not quite. We're going to. Um, we're going to move into an area of Bombay where there are some other. Um, there's a Jewish synagogue. There are some other smaller. Um, uh, buildings to appreciate and learn about, and we are going to give people a break in the afternoon because they're probably suffering from some jet lag <laughs> and will need to rest. Mm-hmm. But our evening ends up at one of the most well-known restaurants in Bombay called the Bombay Canteen, which was started by an Indian restaurateur who's in America for the last 25, 30 years, Floyd Cardoz and his partners. And this is a restaurant that is famous for offering regional cuisine. And the chef, there is a man by the name of Chef Thomas Zacharias. And he has created an incredible menu with offerings that you just 
can't find. He's he, he's CIA trained. Ah, both of them are. Excellent. I mean, my parents live in the Hudson Valley, so yeah. there are... You better are... make sure people on your podcast know what CIA is. Culture, uh, Culinary Institute of America. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's in Hyde Park, it's New York. It's CIA. It's in Hyde Park, New York, and it's the, the country's preeminent restaurant school. And uh, actually, they just opened a brewery up there. Oh, cool. Uh, it's managed by Brooklyn Brewery, and it is really cool. But what happens with the CIA is... Everyone goes to the Culinary Institute, and they want to, you know, move on and go to, you know, start Michelin star restaurants, and then they just fall in love with the Hudson Valley and all the locally sourced. So all the towns dotting the Hudson uh, River Valley, Beacon and Kingston and Hudson and everything, are just populated with these little tiny restaurants mm-hmm. run by Culinary Institute of America That's grads. Right. And then some of them decide that they're going to go back to their home countries. There we go. Or for you know take a foray into Manhattan or LA or San Francisco but yep. a couple of them have gone back to India and Thomas is one of them and Mumbai is very lucky to have this restaurant there and it's really been thriving for the last 4 years it's about to celebrate its 4th anniversary so it's it's not an old restaurant right. but it really marked um a, a major change in uh, the kind of restaurant that was that you would find in a city like Mumbai. A freestanding restaurant, because Austin, I don't know if you know this, but only up until actually 15 years ago, most of the really good restaurants in Bombay and in other pla- other cities in Asia were in hotels, the major hotels. The the very concept of restaurant, mm-hmm. where you know, I mean, there were local restaurants, but I'm talking about. Fine dining. Fine dining and then more casual dining restaurants as we know them here in the West. Right. And um, Bombay Canteen is is part of this uh, revolution in freestanding restaurants that's been happening in in India. So I... Thomas Zacharias, I would just say the chef there, he goes on voyages throughout India every year. He goes to... he'll, He'll pick a region or a state of India to go and explore and he'll you know, document it beautifully on his Instagram feed and really delve into the local fare of the village, of of the of the state, of the local ingredients and, and get to know it so well that when he he comes back to his kitchen and then he adapts what he's learned and presents it to the people who come to the restaurant. And that's the trend now. You've got other restaurants like uh, Mask with Chef Pratik Sadhu. Sadhu, who also does the same thing. It's a vertically integrated restaurant. Everything they make and produce is from India, locally grown. Restaurants like um, The Table um, and, uh, you know, the owner of The Table. Everyone is so conscious of this, um, what's available in India and making it into new modern ways, as well as using traditional recipes. So, so believe it or not, there are places where you can source capers in India. Mm-hmm. There is a burgeoning wine industry There's in India. There's a burgeoning mozzarella cheese industry. There's a burgeoning in, uh, artisanal cheese industry. There's an artisanal coffee industry. I mean, there, there are chocolates, Chocolate. wines, beers. There's craft beer like you can't imagine. 
And that varies from city to city because of the government regulations. But Mumbai is a particularly good place to go drink beer. I mean, so... I like beer. I li- <laughs> I, we said we weren't going to do that. <laughs> uh, you guys, you guys, by that cultural reference, can tell where this, uh, when this was taped. And uh, by now, we will probably be in a, you'll be listening in an apocalyptic hellscape uh, <laughs> where women have no rights. But... Right now we're we're still okay. So, you know, earlier on, I was I was just I w- I had my mind on a track to to sort of take us back in this country when we're talking about America to forty years ago and what the food world was like here. There were limited. I mean, if you were in a place like New York, you had a lot of options. San Francisco was a little different, but in most places around the country. There were fewer options for dining out. It's not to say we didn't, we have, unfortunately, we have lots of fast food options, but regional cuisine exploded in this country over the last 40 years or so, particularly within the last 25. And you have uh, chefs coming from, again, lots of different experiences, lots of different backgrounds. We have such a different demographic mix here, thank goodness. And so we're we're actually being, we're able to sample foods from other cultures, countries, as well as regions at a level that we never had before. And in India, this has started to ha- this happened a little s- more slowly or a little later, but it's, w- it's, really, it's really exploding now and going at lightning speed. And that's one of the things that you know, we identified and wanted to expose our travelers to. Right. It's not just what you think it is. Right. Do we fear that we're going to lose something where everyone regionally factionalizes their foods? Or like, do you think that, uh, do you think that it's going, I'm trying to clarify this. How do I put this into words? You mean homogenized? No, actually, I I think. Splintered? Yeah, this, Hmm. hmm. I don't think so because not everybody is doing it. But, but it's being done in India in some of the restaurants that we're showcasing in in moderate ways. It isn't that, you know, they'll take a region that they want to highlight for a week or two weeks or for a day, and then they go back to a normal offering. So that's how some of the restaurants are approaching. Cool. Yeah. I get it. I, I, okay. I think I actually... The other thing is that the, the techniques that chefs use now are, are you know, they're bringing in... Uh, whether it's French techniques or it's no from uh, no, no or it's the you know it's the foraging approach of of the nomads I call them <laughs> because Noma many, Noma the, many of them have trained in in Noma in Denmark there have been some stops oh I don't what's Noma Noma is the very 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 famous restaurant Google it okay where where Copenhagen oh that, okay that, oh that, I've never heard of it really? that. That is that really uh, brought to light this whole idea of uh, new Scandinavian cuisine. Okay, that influenced a lot of the current generation of chefs around the world. Uh, it closed ultimately. They were, you know, we talk about foraging now. Well, they kind of they didn't invent the word, but they certainly took that word and, define, and brought it. Define foraging because I'm thinking go out there in Central Park, find a mushroom, and and, and elevate uh, the flavors on a plate. Ha. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
I see. I'm being a little sarcastic, but I'm sure you forage out in the Hudson Valley. Uh, no, I, I'm from Westchester. We just ordered in. Um, <laughs> no, actually, my mom just cooked so, all the time. But the the, um, the the chef there, Rene Redzepi, um, really had a major influence on, on chefs around the world. And uh, closed the restaurant, but then reopened it recently. And also... Um, I, I guess he was behind this uh, confab of, of uh, chefs and food people from all over the world um, that, 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 come, that, that that occurs annually in the MAD conference, M-A-D. It does. Oh, it's sort of, okay, yeah. okay, now now I got it. So this this restaurant was so influential and its alumni have gone on. It, every, right, yeah, right. I, like like right. CIA. Yeah, yeah, okay, right. yeah, I totally, it, I totally understand. It's like, you know, that one sitcom where everyone ends up becoming a movie star off of that one sitcom, right? right. I don't know which sitcom that is. It's not Friends because they're a movie career. Okay, I'm not going to say that because maybe I <laughs> don't want don't to limit my guest list. Um, <laughs> where are we? we have, we've deviated widely, wildly from the track. No, but this, oh, the, is, this, the other- no, this is fascinating because we've actually sort of encapsulated what you guys do right here in that you're going to India to experience... Uh, food, but through it, you're going to experience culture and politics and blah, 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 blah. And in essence, we just went around the world in this conversation because we touched on the Hudson Valley and we touched on Scandinavia and Copenhagen and we touched on India and the regionalisms of India and we touched on Southern cuisine and food is culture. And by doing this, we touched on everything in our conversation alone. So this is this Food is, is culture. The connector yeah, and the connector. Right, because automatically you you mention a cuisine and immediately it's evocative of what, be it right or wrong, it's evocative of what you're thinking of, and you go, ah, and we've already dispelled myths. Indian food is not just yabbity yabbity yabbity. Um, I also wanted to say that in a different administration, there was a program administered by the State Department called Gastro Diplomacy. They had culinary ambassadors from the United States, from all over the United States, who went overseas and represented the United States in a way that is not being represented right now. But this culinary um, diplomacy brought so much information, product, and... um, People around a table enjoying a great meal. And a great exchange of information, career... Uh, careers were discussed. Um, chefs as uh, being a chef as a career has not always been the most um, interesting or most um, desirable for a lot of people in a lot of countries. And that also has changed. India has as many celebrity chefs, TV celebrity chefs, t- food shows on television, festivals of food. This has all just dramatically changed. Because the- Beforehand, it wasn't something to be celebrated because it was just part of your daily life. But then when you're exposed to other food cultures, you realize, oh, my cuisine, my individual cuisine is actually special. It is to be celebrated. It's not necessarily the, uh, you know, the cuisine of the working class or the proletariat. There is something inherently special in this. Well, but, you know, the thing about India, and that's something that we really want to make sure people uh, understand, is that we are going to bring them in touch with both the high and the low. There's there's no such thing. 
I believe there's no such thing as a bad meal when you know where to go. Oh, yeah. So, and I feel that way very much about New York, too. You should never have a bad meal in a place like New York. One of my favorite places is Indopak Halal on the corner of 111th and 3rd Avenue, 2nd Avenue, because... uh, that's where the uh, that's where the drivers stop, and Absolutely. and they know they know what's good, uh, and that's and, and the other thing. Also, is if you want to stalk me, you now know where I live, <laughs> <laughs> right right around the corner from Indopakalal. I, I think one of the other trends that we had seen that we thought was you know pretty significant as far as the influence of this of these kinds of trends is that. Uh, there are certain Indian restaurants uh, that have started to uh, branch out from India and open in New York, in London, in the, in the Emirates, and other places. Um, at the moment, these are primarily uh, at a very high end in terms of mm-hmm. price point. Uh, but there so, for are example, one one of the ones that Karen's referring to is a restaurant called Indian Accent, which ha- is one of the best restaurants in. India out of Delhi. It's here in New York, next to the Park Meridian Hotel. Mm-hmm. It's in London. Which in has Mayfair. Burger Joint. Yes, it does, but it's outside of the hotel. You have to actually walk next door. But <laughs> the chef there, um, Chef Manish Mirhotra, has uh, really changed the landscape of Indian cuisine here in New York. And um, it's very exciting to see this happening, as it is happening with other countries as well. You know, so so one thing is that you know India is all about this interplay, constant interplay between innovation and tradition, and and I think that there's probably no better way than to experience that cultural uh, essence than to see it through its its food in a hands-on tour with two immensely talented experts. <laughs> so, how do we? How do we go? How do we go? How do people contact you? How do people find you? And how do they uh, book a Kilachendon carp tour? Well, of course, we have a website. Which is? Kilachendoncarp.com. And carp is with a K. K-A-R-P. Yep. K-I-L-A-C-H-A-N-D-A-N-D-K-A-R-P.com. Com. And, the, and we're uh, also on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And Twitter. We will tag and tweet. Info and at, send us yeah. an email, info at kilachandandcarp.com, and we will get right back to you. We look forward to welcoming any and all and on our, these trips. And our, our tour is happening in early February, February 8th to the 17th. Of 2019. 2019, and it's going to Mumbai and Goa. And Goa, this is amazing. I am so pleased with this because we did go around the world. Austin, maybe we food. can convince you to join us. Well, let's see how we could do podcasts in India. Well, I, I you, mm, can, we got to take someone though. Um, <laughs> uh, this is this has been immensely fascinating because we we encapsulated what we what what you do, which is we went around the world in a conversation via food. So the only better way to do it is to actually go around the world with you with food and espouse great conversation. Karen Carp, Judy Kilichand, Kilichand and Carp. Thank you so very much. Please look them up. All the links will be in social media. Uh, what a joy. What Thank a joy. You. Thank it's you, Austin. It's been great, Austin. Thank you, guys. Good night. Good morning. I don't even know. Whatever. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 